Hey, go to Acts chapter two, verse one. And um, I'm gonna kind of explain just if you're new and you're like, man, this is already a very interesting experience. They made me have a wafer and some grape juice and I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna kind of explain where we're at and where we're going for the day and uh, hopefully give you a framework so we're all on the same page for what we're talking about today in church. Just a heads up, we've been going through a series called The Aftermath of, everybody say, Grace, aftermath of grace. And really what we've been talking about is after Easter. And I know we enjoyed, you know, the chocolate bunny and peeps and, you know, a great brunch on Easter Sunday. But the aftermath of Sunday, which is the aftermath of Jesus living on this earth for 33 years, going to a cross and dying a brutal death, going to a grave for three, three days. If you're new to church, we believe that our God is not dead, but we believe he rose from the grave. Somebody say Amen. So we believe in the resurrection of Christ. And after Jesus rose from the grave, he spent 40 days with his holy helper disciples explaining what all this meant and what life will look like now. So 40 days he spends with these guys and he gets on an escalator and he goes back to heaven with great Wi-Fi, direct TV, and Netflix binging. So he goes back to heaven and, and right now today we believe that our God, Jesus, is seated at the right hand of the Father and he's praying for us. If you could use some prayer from Jesus, just let me see your hand. So Jesus is praying for us and the Rams and the Lakers right now. That's what he's doing. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for us right now, interceding, praying for us. We believe that. Now, before Jesus goes, you gotta understand, before he gets on the escalator, before he goes to heaven, before the you know, air conditioning, Wi-Fi, and all that great stuff. And before he does that, the Bible says that he looks at his guys. He goes, hey guys, we talked about last week. He said, go all the world, make disciples. Now, in other words, we talked about this last week. A disciple is a wholehearted, committed follower of Jesus. So, our God is not interested in a bunch of fans. What he really wants is some followers. So that's kind of his whole thing. It's like make followers. Now, before, before they're to go and go, he also tells them, he says, guys, wait here in Jerusalem in the holy city where he was betrayed, where the chaos happened. He said, wait here until the promise of the Holy Spirit comes. Now, this is really exciting for Jesus. He's been, he's been pumping this for a long time. He's been hyping it up. He's been hyping the promise of the Holy Spirit. Watch what he tells these guys. He's been talking about this for a long time. John chapter 14, John chapter 16. He's been talking about this for a long time. Watch what he says about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. I'm gonna read you four verses. Watch what he says. This is John 16, seven. He goes, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him. Watch the next verse, John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 16, 13, he says to these guys, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you of what is yet to come. Last one, John 16, eight. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So Jesus has been hyping this up, talking about this, explaining, guys, this is uh, it's gonna be amazing. This is gonna be unbelievable. And finally today, Acts chapter two, what we're gonna read today, finally the fulfillment of this promise comes to pass. The fulfillment of what God had been telling these guys for so long, it finally happens. Acts chapter two, verse one. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, Acts chapter two, verse one. When the feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread throughout all their ranks and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't these Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning, they couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talk back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joke, these guys are drunk on cheap wine. I like that. When the church started, the world's like, uh, this is not a church. You guys are just drunk. Stop messing around. You guys, and, and you know what? This is not even good wine. You're drunk on cheap wine. It's a whole different type of drunk, cheap wine. They go, this is crazy. Our heads are spinning. Our pets' heads are falling off. Um, they, 90s babies right there. But, but they couldn't wrap their mind around what was happening. This, this, is, this, is, this is absurd. These guys are Galileans. How are they speaking? Our, our, the message translation says mother tongue. Our natural tongue. Our this is absurd. This is unbelievable. The day that the Holy Spirit came, the promise and the fulfillment, it says the power of the Holy Spirit came and they begin to speak in other languages. This is the day of Pentecost. This is unbelievable. This is Bible stuff. This is Bible. This is real. This is, this is awesome. I want to preach a message today. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called, I Got an Agent. I Got an Agent. And um, just happy that I said that correctly. If you come to our church, there's about a 60% chance I will not say the title of the message correctly. That's just a heads up. But um, I nailed it right there, and I feel great. <laughs> I got an agent, and I'm going to pray and believe that God will speak to us today. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for these times we can gather together and be strengthened and be encouraged. We ask today that by the power of your Holy Spirit, open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear you. We are thanking you that you are so kind. You are so good. You are so gracious. You are so loving. We remind our soul, we remind ourselves of who you are in our life. We thank you and we praise you. And God, we are absolutely praying for the Los Angeles Rams. God, we pray that a miracle will happen in their first year in LA, we will win the Super Bowl. Lord, we know that it will take like the movie Angels in the Outfield for this to happen. So we pray in the name of Jesus, let it happen. Amen. Come on, we're gonna need a little bit more faith than that. Everybody said, amen. Anybody remember Angels in the Outfield? This is a great movie. I mean, come on. This stuff's real. No, it's not. It's Hollywood. Anyways. Um, I don't know if you have a friend like this, like someone in your world that's just like the hype man, the hype person, the person that's always talking something up, always hyping like a restaurant, a new spot they found, a new coffee shop, or a new person. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you have to meet Rick. Rick is so funny. Oh, he's, Rick is too cool. He dresses cool. He is cool. He's so 
funny. Why is the new guy always funny? You know what I mean? No one ever says about the new guy, he is so smart. No, it's not. His new guy's always funny. He's like, Rick is so funny. And so they, 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 they hype things. They're always hyping something. Like, and you know, if you don't, don't point at them if they're here. But if you know, if you have a hype friend, everything they say, you got to cut in half. Everything that, because you've learned, right? You, through, through consequences, through experience, you know that what they say, you got to just, eh, let's cut that in half. Rick actually is not that funny. He's just, one time he said a joke. It was a meme. We all get memes on our phones. Rick's not that funny. But I like that he sent a meme, so maybe he is kind of funny. But, but that some, you know, something gets hyped up. Julia is, she's not the hype person, but the other day, she was hyping something up to me. And um, I, I have decided, I have made a conclusion that my favorite food in the whole world, I don't know what yours is, my favorite food in the world is Mediterranean food. I love Mediterranean food. Give me some like pita bread, some hummus, revival. I just, that's how I, that's how I roll. Like I am so down for the shish kebabs and the chicken and the lamb and the rice and the, I like everything but the tubula ala magada whatever that thing is. I do not like that stuff. But I love Mediterranean food. So the other day, Julia was like, oh my gosh, I found your new favorite Mediterranean place. It is the best place ever. It's amazing. Oh, you're gonna, it's gonna blow your mind. I found your spot. And I was like, well, I can't wait. So I cut, cut it in half experience. No, I'm kidding. But I was like, I can't wait. So, so she goes and she, she gets this, you know, Mediterranean spot and she brings it to the house. And so well, I don't know why I just, I love to eat Mediterranean at my house too. Cause it's just like, Peter Hummus. so we're at the house and we're, we're crushing this Mediterranean food. And, and it's actually as great as she described it, as much as she said it was going to, you know, just be the best ever. She didn't even tell me the half of how good it was. Like I devoured it. And I was like, that's it. That's all we got. Is that all the meat we have? Like, I, th- I just thought it was the best Mediterranean food I had so long. Like, it was, it, she didn't even tell me the half of what I was about to get into. Jesus had been hyping the Holy Spirit for so long. He's telling these guys things like, think about what he says. He goes, guys, it's to your advantage that I go away. Something better than me is about to come. If I was one of the disciples and Jesus said this, I would have looked at him and like, liar. <laughs> How could you say that? You walk on water. I've seen you heal dead people, mute people, deaf people. I've seen you heal the blind. I remember that one time we was at that party and they ran out of wine. You took some smart water and just like, boom, Cabernet. That was awesome. How did you do that? You're telling me something better. Are they going to do the wine trick? Because if they do the wine trick, y'all, that's pretty cool. Like, how could you say something better than you is on the way? This is absurd. Jesus is like, no, no, no. When the spirit comes, he's going to lead you. He's going to convict you. He's going to guide you. He's going to comfort you. It's to your advantage that I go away. Why was Jesus so excited about the power of the Holy Spirit? Here's why. Because Jesus knew his limitation. Jesus knew in his body, he could only be one man in one place. He knew he was not omnipresent. But when the power of the Holy Spirit would come, he knew that now he was gonna be everywhere for everyone. He knew that now it wouldn't be the actual, the Holy Spirit, by the way, is just the spirit of Jesus. That Jesus was gonna be on the inside of every single person. Come on, anybody thankful today that we didn't just get forgiveness of sins. We didn't just get the cross and resurrection. But anybody thankful for the Holy Spirit that resides inside. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It's the same spirit, not an alternative spirit, not a different spirit. There's not some of you that's like, um, if you give like, you make sure you give 10% on push pay, we'll give you the real spirit. No, we all get the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus was ecstatic. He's like, guys, you don't understand. This guy, he's a helper. He's gonna help you. He's gonna lead you. He's gonna remind you of everything I've spoken. You don't realize how good this guy is. Je Jesus was excited because he knew that the ultimate helper is the Holy Spirit. I'm just gonna give you a few things to write down today. I hope they encourage you, but write down point number one today. This is the reality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate helper. He's an active agent. He's the ultimate helper. He's an active agent. I just, this is what he does. He helps so much. He helps us understand. He helps us stay the course. He helps us when we're discouraged. He helps us when we can't figure it out. If you could figure it out on your own, you wouldn't need a helper. But because God knows that we can't figure it out on our own, we can't do it on our own. He promised us the Holy Spirit who would come and help and be an active agent. You ever know in your world, somebody that is a workaholic, they just work all the time. They work during the day, they work at night. I have a friend, he's got two jobs. He works all day, takes a little break, works at night. Just a workaholic, someone that's always at work. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit, he works the day shift and the night shift. He never gets sick of working. He never takes the time off. When you're going through a rough patch and you're rebellious and you're going through a difficult season, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you and go, well, let's wait till you get your act back together, buddy. No, the Holy Spirit comes and he said, I'm gonna keep working. I am an active agent. I'm gonna keep helping. I am the old ultimate helper. I lead you into truth. I guide you down the right path. I convict you when you're in sin. Not so that it drives you away from God, but it drives you towards God. By the way, Satan always condemns you, but God will always convict you. Condemnation drives you so far away from church. That's the law. But grace and the Holy Spirit always drives you to God. Always saying, Jesus loves me and I gotta get my senses right and I gotta go back to God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the ultimate agent. That's the, the active agent in our life. And you know, we're in Hollywood, you know, and every once in a while you, you talk to somebody and they're really frustrated with their agent and they say, I dropped my agent. <laughs> Got rid of my agent. Well, why, why'd you get rid of Oh, you weren't working hard enough for me. Just, I didn't feel like they were working hard enough for me. You know, I feel like I should be at this level. Agent wasn't working hard enough. So I'm gonna get some bigger gigs. <laughs> the agent, it's the agent's fault, you know? Agent, bad agent. Agent didn't work hard enough. Sorry, I'm gonna stay in this character for a while. I like this guy. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm gonna play him all day. It's my agent's fault. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Team no sleep. Um, the Holy Spirit is an active agent. He's always working. He's always bringing you back to reality, bringing you back to truth, bringing you back to God's promises, bringing you back to the reality of what you know to be true. That's why the Holy Spirit doesn't bring you to feeling warm and fuzzy. He brings you back to truth brings you back to Jesus. It's the spirit of Jesus that points us to Jesus. This is the active agent that is involved in our life. He's a workaholic. Even on your worst day, he's still working a 24-hour shift. Even when you're not doing good and you're in a bad season and you're going through something difficult, the Holy Spirit says, don't worry. I'm going to work some deals out. I'm going to bring you back to truth. I'm going to bring you back to center. I'm going to show you. I'm going to remind you what God spoke over your life. I'm going to remind you of what the Bible says. I'm going to comfort you and convict you and to guide you and to lead you in the truth. Is anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit doesn't take any time off? Come on, somebody give him just a little bit of praise if you're believing it today. He's the ultimate agent, the ultimate helper. This is who he is. And by the way, when he comes to help, he speaks your language. Write down number two, the Holy Spirit, he knows how to speak your language. 
Now you're talking my language. Now you're talking. Don't make me. Don't make me. Don't make me. But the Holy Spirit knows your language. Did you notice what happened there in the book of Acts? Watch what happens. They're on the eighth floor at the Holiday Inn. They're hiding out for their lives. Jerusalem is in the holy city. It's chaotic. It looks like the parade of, that's going down Wilshire. You know, right now, there's all this chaos. There's people that are upset. These guys are afraid for their life. They're in Jerusalem where the betrayal has just happened, where they just killed their, their Messiah. And Jesus goes, hey guys, I want you to go back into the chaos, into the fire, into where it's really hot and heavy. Go back there and wait for the promise. It's amazing to me, so many of us, we want to flee to comfort when God says, I'll show up in the midst of chaos. And God says, wait right here in Jerusalem. So they're in Jerusalem. The Bible says they're in an upper room. Why are they in an upper room? Because they're scared for their life. They're in the eighth floor of the Holiday Inn with the little acoustic guitar singing Ocean's Hill song, whatever. There's up there in the eighth, they start singing God's praises and boom, the power of the Holy Spirit shows up. And did you notice what happened? All these Jews from all over the place, they rush to the place. Why? Because they go, what in the world is, these are Galileans and they're speaking our language. Guys from all over the world, they rush to the eighth floor and they go, how in the world are these Galileans speaking our language? Wait, I hear them declaring God's mighty work and God's power in my own tongue. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always shows up and speaks your language. Not a difficult language, not a language that's hard to understand, but the Holy Spirit has something for you, directly for you, specific for you. That's why you can be in church and you walk out and someone will say, man, I felt like you were preaching right to me. Well, because it, it was right to you. Because I may be speaking, but right now the Holy Spirit is going to every individual and he's witnessing to you. The Holy Spirit is bringing something to your world, your bank account, your relationships, your soul, your mindset. It's specifically for you. It's your language. Anybody thankful today? It's not an obscure language. It's not a difficult language to understand. But anybody believe the Holy Spirit speaking right to you? These guys are like, man, we, we can't even wrap our minds around this. How in the world are they speaking my language? That's the Holy Spirit. The sign of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit speaks your language. I remember in high school, I played basketball, you know, growing up in high school. And I remember this one teammate that we got in, he transferred in from Georgia. And he was a freak athlete. And him and I, our sophomore year, we played half JV, half varsity. Two quarters JV, two quarters varsity. I'm in counseling for this season of my life. Very difficult. Didn't quite make it. Well, white guy with little legs. Anyways. That was kind of funny. And... Um, and I'll never forget this guy. His name was Ashley. But I couldn't, he never said his name fully, enunciation. He just said Atley. And um, I remember he had this southern draw, southern accent. And sometimes we'd be on the bus talking. And I understood like 50% of the things he said I could understand. And uh, you never talk to somebody, you got to kind of lean in to try and hear what they're saying. It's like you can't have no background noise because you're like, I don't know what you're saying. And then me socially, I just lie to people. I'm like, oh, yeah. This is awesome, you know? I have no idea what they're saying. No, t totally. And then, and then you ever get caught and they're like, no, I just said that mom died. Oh, yeah, no, I knew. Huh? What, sorry, my phone, it was, I got a text. What? 
I could not understand what this guy was saying 50% of the time. And some of you think that God is so hard. No, the Holy Spirit comes and speaks your language. The Holy Spirit shows up and speaks in a way that will show you what God is saying. And by the way, when the Holy Spirit shows up, you always know it's him because the adversary of your soul, the enemy of your soul, he always wants to tell you what you're not. But the Holy Spirit comes and speaks a language that tells you that no matter what, you are loved by Jesus. Write down number three today. The adversary wants to tell you what you're not, but the Holy Spirit wants to tell you how much you are loved by Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit shows up to do. He doesn't speak a language of harshness. He's not someone like the adversary. The adversary, we could take him to court on verbal abuse. He verbally abuses you and he comes to you and says, you're not good enough. You are not what you're supposed to be. Why do you keep messing up? What's wrong with you? If everybody knew what you did in quiet, if everybody knew what you did in secret, do you know what a phony you are? You're a fraud. You're a liar. You're a two-faced. You're a hypocrite. All the adversary wants to do is tell you what you're not. And the Holy Spirit only wants to tell you how loved you are by Jesus. He just comes around and just puts, you know, in the, in the Greek word for the Holy Spirit, it's the word paraclete. The word paraclete means his role is an encourager. That's his role. He's an encourager. He's got the gift of encouragement. He just encourages you. Nope, you're loved by Jesus. Nope, Jesus still loves you. Don't you listen to that guy. Don't you? He's verbally abusive. He is wrong. He's a liar. This is. He's always going to be this way. You keep him out of your ear. Put your iPhones on. Put, or put your headphones on. No, because all I want to tell you, you are loved by Jesus. You've got a great future ahead of you. You're doing better than you think you are. You've got, God started a great work in you. He's going to be faithful to complete a great work in you. The Holy Spirit comes around side of you, paraclete, and just encourages you. He points you to truth. He points you to destiny. He points you to potential. Anybody thankful today? We don't have to listen to this guy who is verbally abusive, but we can listen to the Holy Spirit that speaks. Don't give him one of these. Like, mom, that's count. Come on, anybody thankful that the Holy Spirit, he speaks. Some of you just need to hear the Holy Spirit more. You're doing better than you think you're doing. You got a great future and God's not going to quit on you. Holy Spirit comes and says, whoa, do you realize how much Jesus loves you? He ain't never going to change his mind. What kind of a God would change his mind? Not our God. Comes alongside and just begins to encourage you. I got to tell you, you know, my son, he's two years old. He's in a, such a fun season, my son, Winston. And I love him right now so much because, you know, he just, he's starting to talk. And so I'll ask him questions. I'll say to my son, Winston, he's two years old. And please, church, do pray for him. He is not saved. And we're believing for his salvation. And we will, it will be proven if he sleeps in past 6.30 a.m. Come on. And so, so this guy, I'll, I'll come to him and say, Winston, who's your best friend? Is he dad up a friend? I say, say it again. <laughs> dad up a friend. And and I say to my son Winston, Winston, do you know how much I love you? Daddy loves you so much. And then we, you know, we'll be outside, we play like basketball, then golf, then baseball, then soccer. He, you know, he just goes to one minute per sport and just goes around. And and then and then we'll be back there. And I say, Winston, you are such an athlete. And then I'll look at him and say, Winston, you are such a good looking guy, man. And then we'll keep talking. And I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll just, you are so smart. We'll read books at night and and he'll, you know, point at the book and say something. And he, he knows it's a ball. It's this. I say, you are so smart. Could you imagine? I wish as a father, as a dad, I wish I could hire some spirit to be with my son that everywhere he went, all all that he would be reminded is what dad thinks of 
of him, how much I love him, that everywhere my son went, someone would be just going, do you know how much your dad loves you? Do you know how proud dad is of you? Do you know what your father thinks of you? Could you imagine the confidence my boy would have? Could you imagine the security my son would have? My son would walk around thinking he is the next thing that is going to change the world. He would walk around like he already does, to be honest. But come on, this is the Holy Spirit that comes and says, don't you listen to that liar. Don't you listen to that verbally abusive devil. No, the Holy Spirit comes as a paraclete, as an encourager and says, you're doing better than you think you are. The best is yet to come. Do you know how much you're loved by God? Come on, anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit, and there's a spirit of encouragement that comes as a helpmate. Come on, church, anybody thankful today? This is the role of the Holy Spirit. This is who the, Jesus is like, woo, I can't wait. I'm gonna hype him up so tough because he's gonna deliver. I promise you, I promise you, he's a guy, he's a helpmate, he's an agent, he speaks the language. I'm telling you, I, what I tell you, he's the best. He was so pumped on the Holy Spirit because he knew that the Holy Spirit is him. He is inside of us. The, your body is not your own body. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lives inside of you. And so, this is the role of the Holy Spirit. But when the day of Pentecost happened, it wasn't just signifying the role of the Holy Spirit. In addition, it was also signifying that the power of the Holy Spirit had come. The power from above. And write down number four. Here's the last point today. The purpose for the power is for the people. So the role of the Holy Spirit, just so we're all on the same page, this is for you. This is for you to hear, for you to be dealt with, for you to be encouraged, for you to be led down the right path, for you to be guided. This is for you. But the power, oh, let me tell you today, the power is for the people. The power is for others. It says in Acts chapter one, verse eight, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will go be my witnesses. And then you will go out and you will help people. God gave you so much power. Do you realize the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm not talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. When you get the power of the Holy Spirit, you can walk into these streets in the city of Los Angeles. You can bring healing. You can bring miracles. You can bring prophecies, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. You can do all these things all to bring glory to God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, God doesn't give the Holy Spirit. He was not hyping the Holy Spirit just so you can feel good about yourself. Like, oh, I feel so good. Like Jesus loves me and he's for me. And I just love Coachella and everything's great. And oh my gosh, he guides me and come, he always tells me how great I am. Being a Christian rocks. It does. I tried other stuff. It's, this is better. Coachella. Your mom, whatever. I'm kidding. But this right here, this is for us. God did not give the Holy Spirit only to do something in you. He gave you the power of the Holy Spirit to do something through you. That this Holy Spirit is not just for us. What kind of a self-serving religion will we be a part of if it was just about our faith and our journey and us alone? But as we are being reminded, as we are being made whole, as we are being forgiven, as we are being helped, God says, as I work on you, I will also, in addition, I will let you be used in this place. I will let you be a light in a dark world. I'll let you be the salt of the earth. I will use you. I know you got issues. We all got issues. I know 
know you got things you got to heal. All of us got things we got to be healed. But while we are in the process, while we're in the journey, while we're being sanctified, we are still being used by God. We are still going out with power. I will tell you today, you got more power than you realize. You got more power than you, you've come to understand. You got the power of the Holy Spirit. God says, I want to get something in you so I can get something through you. Could you imagine if I, if I told you, go, go down to the store and I want you to, to, to get me X from the store and I just sent you out and I did not give you any money. I did not give you my, my visa card or my credit card. No, if, if I really want the job to get done, I will send you to the store of what I want and I will give you my money, my bank account so that you can purchase what I need you to go get. I'm telling you, God has sent us out into this world to be a help and to be a blessing, but he has sent us with the power to help people and to lead people. It is called the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, I got an agent. This agent does not just work in my life. He works through my life. Some of you got to understand today, God is doing stuff in you and it's not only for you, it's to get something through you to a dark and a broken world. Somebody say amen. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back out. And if you'd be so kind, why don't we stand to our feet? Anybody receiving this word today? Anybody encouraged by what God says? I think it's appropriate. We put our hands together. Come on, let's applaud and thank Jesus for his spirit today. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. God, we thank you so much for who you are today. God, we thank you that you love us and that you're for us. We ask today, God, that you would begin to comfort us and lead us and guide us. Thank you that you're here with us. Thank you that right now you are encouraging us. Holy Spirit, you are our agent. Holy Spirit, you are our helper. Holy Spirit, you do lead us. Holy Spirit, you guide us. We thank you today. We praise you today. We open our lives to you. The power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise your name. We bless your name today. Holy Spirit, come right now. Just like you did on the day of Pentecost, come right now. Just like you did back then, come right now. Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.